listening to 66.6 Fright FM. Good evening, everybody. You're listening to Fright, Fright FM. FM. We're going to make you shit your pants. Shit, uh, shit, Please shit your pants right now. Hillborn, go. Uh, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so last time we talked about Poltergeist. Yeah, the episode that re- I, it really broke the mold. I it, think we got 10 million plays on it. I think so. I think we got 10 million that was my best edited work, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, and um, you did it, like, we made the episode, you edited me immediately. Uh, uh, school's great, and I love life. We're doing good here at I'm, Fright FM. I'm better now. Right. Let's go on. I had therapy today. That's good. Well, not really therapy. It was more of, hi, my name is. Hello. And then she said... Please get some Adderall. <laughs> and you're like, lady, I've been trying. Um, so we're here to talk today about a movie that I loved growing up. Because, so, can I give my background with The Twilight Zone? Because I kind of find it a funny story. Go ahead. So every Halloween, I used to, like, watch, like, Goosebumps. And, like, to a certain extent, my mom would, like, I think it was either, like, sixth, seventh grade year. Like, my mom was like, why the fuck are you still watching this? I was like, I don't know, like, I like it because it's like a different story each episode, and it keeps me entertained, and she's like, well, hey, Mason, there's a better version of that. It's called The Twilight Zone. How about you watch that instead? And I started watching it, and I just fell in love. I, I love The Twilight Zone. I, I don't think every episode of The Twilight Zone, though, is good by any means. I've definitely watched some stinkers along the way. Mm-hmm. But I, I I definitely think this this the, the the original run of the Twilight Zone has some really good episodes. Um, and I also grew up with this movie too. Um, I was like, "There's a movie. I love movies, Mom. I have to watch it." And I rented it and I watched it on Halloween. I think that year. And yeah, and that's kind of my background with twilight zone what's your background with twilight zone um i never grew up with the movie right neither of my parents are are very big like horror people i'm I'm not even sure what my dad likes to watch that isn't (laughs) like um whatever dumb fucking movie is on tv um my mom i don't know if my mom ever watched the twilight zone Uh she was a nerd when she was a kid right um but I don't, I don't know if she ever watched the show. So I, Twilight Zone was something I had immersed myself in. Um, although I did love Goosebumps as a kid. So, you know. Right. Who didn't? Uh, I, my mom didn't because apparently oh, she yeah. got tired. Of she wasn't a kid. Right. To know. be fair, she, it was not the intended audience. And yeah, yeah. I think she was growing old of watching um, them. Yeah. So, so I'm definitely, the Twilight Zone is not something as fundamental for me. Um yeah, it wasn't what started me into horror. Right. I think this was kind of actually my in- intro. I mean, the first horror movie I saw was when I was like second grade. I wanted to watch The Blob, the original, not the 1980, the 1951. And it scared the crap out of me. Then my like, next real big introduction, I would say, was Twilight Zone. And then after that, it was Annabelle. 
again, it's a mystery that I like horror yeah. <laughs> with, with my many <laughs> horrible introductions to it. But here we are. Um, I actually had my, my eighth, no, seventh grade year. Um, my teacher, Mrs. Gurley, that's her name. She was the worst Loki. She she made us read an episode of the Twilight Zone for our class. Like the script? Yeah. She, and it was like in our textbook, weirdly enough. It was the episode The Monsters Do on Maple Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the stage reader. <laughs> so I read the stage directions, and I was not bitter about that at all. And it didn't help that my next role in that class was also a silent one. I was the ghost of Christmas future. Oh. And all I did was point. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wore a cloak. Like, I wore, like, a hood and everything. But, like, you could tell it was, like, an old Batman <laughs> costume. Like, it had the ears yeah. and everything. You've kind of got um, Christmas present uh, vibes for me. Thank you. Okay, to be fair, at the time, I was in seventh grade. Yeah, I didn't have a beard. Yeah, you're not the the bearded man that I've stands only before me before you now. Um, but yes, I would love to play the ghost of Christmas Present. That is a dream role of mine. Um, so, Playhouse in the Park in Cincinnati, hit me up. All right. <laughs> so I guess let's start talking about the Twilight Zone. Uh, so there's four segments, um, not including the oh, introduction. Yeah. Yes. To this movie each directed by very prolific directors yes and i remember liking this movie growing up mm-hmm. like i i would watch it and like wow these are really good and watching it this time i felt nothing <laughs> and and i and i don't know what happened maybe i do know what happened because I watched this movie a bunch before I was an adamant horror fan. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like slipped in the background and I didn't watch it. And then I became a huge horror fan. And now you think critically. And now I think critically and I'm a cynic. <laughs> <laughs> I started a horror movie podcast with my friend. Uh, yeah. So so this, I guess let's just start with the first part. Yes. I don't see a point in summarizing the whole thing. I mean... Right. There's four segments. There's four segments. Um, Let's talk about them. Each, each. They're all pretty independent of each other, I think. Right. Um, It's almost like... um, I think Titus... Twilight Zone movie is almost like a precursor to XX. Right. Another film. What's what's better? This. Yeah. Because this this has some fun moments. Yeah. I, 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 I... Okay. I shouldn't say I didn't feel anything when watching this. That's a little heartless of me. It... I just wasn't as happy, I think, as I used to watch it. Like, mm. oh, my God, the Twilight Zone movie. So I'm glad I didn't buy this movie. I'm glad it's still... I mean, never mind. I, I watched... We watched this We legally. watched this movie completely legally, which is the only way to the watch it. The only way to watch it. Like we've said before, mm. there's only one way to watch movies, guys. And that and is that's, following the law. And that's following... Hey, they have this whole thing... Privacy is not a victimless crime. Piracy. Piracy shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hey, that's how, hey, good spoonerism, though. Is that spoonerism? I don't know. I guess it would be more like a Freudian slip. Privacy is not a victimless crime. The government mm-hmm. would say that. Right. 
And we here at Fright would. FM are engaged in serious political, political criticism. Yes. Unironically. Unironically, <laughs> we, we are. Um, so, yeah, let's start off. So, the first one, uh, I don't even think it. Okay, so this one doesn't take its name from both episodes that it's based on. Um, so this uh, this segment is based on Death's Head Revisited, which is now one of my favorite episodes. I, I showed you. Yeah, we, we watched it the other day. And I forget the name of the other one. Um, oh, I was just looking at the page. Yeah, the Wikipedia um, page. But it doesn't really follow closely really to either either um so yeah it it, the only thing it really follows is like kind of the arc that the character takes and really it only takes that from the one i can't remember the name of which is like which the only reason i don't like the other one is because whiteface is used (laughs) not whiteface but um blackface not blackface just a white guy playing an Asian person. Yellow face. Yes. And it was... And Mickey Rooney? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Anyways. um, But, you know, the arc of... Honestly, I don't think it really takes anything from Death's Head. The, no, not really. The only time I was like, this is kind of Death's Head-y is when he gets thrown on the paddle la- in, the, the, in the wagon. And he kind of looks up and he sees people that kind of reminded me of the shot when um he gets thrown down um during the court scene yeah like the only thing that's similar is like nazis and maybe like holding on to like that american idealize like kind of the Mm -hmm. same way he held on to the german values yeah, so... um, I honestly, though, wish they would have taken more from Death's Head. I just because that now is my favorite episode. And I love um, all all the uh, monologues that the, mm-hmm. he, the, the concentration camp guy has of, like... There's this great moment in Death's Head when he's like... He's like, I thought people would forget. And he looks at him get mm-hmm. and but so this so this segment um first off it, prologue directed uh this prologue and first segment are directed by john landis yeah john landis uh the the prologue has dan Aykroyd <laughs> and another guy whose name i can't remember yeah he's a famous guy though like, i'm he's pretty a, sure he's yeah. in things um um and it's scary. It's yeah. It's I I hate this prologue though. I watching it, I was like, wow, it's the Twilight Zone jerking itself off about how good the Twilight Zone is. Yeah, it's um, I I hadn't seen this movie, so I was really worried. Oh no, are they just going to mention Twilight Zone episodes and then they're gonna happen? Well, that's what that's what I I, I was I worried thought, it was gonna be a framing device. Yeah, I thought they. Like, I completely, like, I kind of remember the prologue. Like, I know, like, I, I always remember the end because that scarred me low-key growing up. It was like, the fucking, ah! um, So I remember the end, but I did not. And I also re- weirdly remember them playing the um, the uh, theme song game. Yeah. Because they parodied that in an episode of Family Guy. <laughs> um, I always remember watching that episode of Family Guy and being like, they're parodying twilight zone movie um 
but nothing really to say about uh, the prologue. It's all right. Mm. Dan Aykroyd's in it. He's, He's still wanting to fuck a ghost. Still, he wants to. <laughs> to he doesn't want to fuck a ghost in this movie. But I mean, but in Ghostbusters, he wants to bust good. Busting makes me feel good. Um, that's all we can use. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Before um, we get <laughs> copyright struck. Um, but so the the first segment, it's the one that feels the most incomplete. There's a reason for that. Yeah, sadly. Uh, um, if you go to the, let's just start. Let's just do this now. Right. If you go to the Wikipedia page for the Twilight Zone movie, the first drop down says plot. The second drop down says helicopter incident. Yes, and sadly. During the filming of this, um, the actor who plays the main character and two children actors um, were tragically um, died in a helicopter mishap. They were trying to do a stunt. I guess they did not practice that stunt well enough. Um, And tragically, both of them passed away. Yeah. Uh, All of them passed away. What was the stunt going to be for? I I think... so I think what happened is he saved the children like he was supposed to save them from the crash. Like, like the, the, the helicopter was supposed to crash nonetheless. No. Yes. What was it? What was the scene it was a part of? I, I think it was. So I think we were supposed to stay in Korea or Vietnam, Vietnam. Sorry. So uh, I guess now we can explain sort of what happens. Right. So this guy is like comes into the bar and he's like, fuck, I lost. I lost. I lost my job. I, I lost a promotion, promotion to a Jew. And he's being very anti-Semitic. This guy is racist as can be. be. He's like the villain of Antebellum. Right. He is. Um, and and the guy who plays his friend, he's in another horror movie. And I, oh, he's in the thing. Um, his mm. friend's in the thing. I was like, where are you in? You're in another horror movie, and I know you're. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's in one of my favorite horror movies. He's in, he's in the thing. I just put it together. Um, he plays the guy who gets the, um, the vital. Re- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, he's like being pissy. Uh, there's this, this gentleman at the other table. He's like, yo, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's, he's being racist. Everybody's looking at him like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, this black guy at another table is like, are we going to have a problem or something? Uh, so racist asshole leaves the bar. He's like, I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, he, he says a bunch of, a bunch of shit. Just like, um, he sounds like the frat guys in Borat. Uh, (laughs) right, 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 right. Um, just using like a whole bunch of slurs and is awful, awful language. So he leaves the bar and boom he's in nazi germany he's in nazi germany um and you know he and i never think so again i think again i can't i don't know much about the production of this segment or really any of the segments but i can't imagine that we're supposed to leave nazi germany i think you know how he comes back to nazi i think that was all part of originally one segment yeah. But then hastily it was re-edited due to the yep. accident and everything. Um, 
because he sees his friends and he's like, help me. And that makes sense if it was one long scene and like he's leaving that part of reality. Mm-hmm. Anyways, besides the point. Um, so he's in Nazi Germany. These these soldiers approach him. They're like, who the, you know, like, who are you? Like asking, talking in German. He can't understand it. And, you know, uh, they start chasing him. He gets shot in the arm. Um, he hides He hides behind um, some trash, and they blow the whistle. And now he's in real trouble. Yeah, he's getting chased. He, he gets ratted out by this family, um, falls to the ground. Uh, now is being... Um, he turns over, and, and now he is being like harassed by this uh the ku klux klan um except there's like two unmasked people there and one of them is john larroquette uh and i'm really glad i caught that this was john larroquette because i haven't what's, seen what's john larroquette in that so I, know. I have not seen many john larroquette pieces where he's young <laughs> but two things i can tell you that john larroquette is in and any true John Larroquette fans out there will might get on my ass for this. He's in Chuck, uh, and he's in The Librarians. I don't know if he's in the movie The Librarian, but he's definitely in the TV show. The Librarians, like Zzz, yes, like the uh, what? What do they do? Oh my God! They collect magic artifacts. Yes, I've seen some of them. You've seen the show? I've seen The Librarian. Zzz, I don't. Uh, the Librarian. You've not seen it. I've not seen it. It's not a horror movie. Oh. So we can't talk about it on this podcast. Darn. But we should watch it. <laughs> Mostly because it's like, it's just, you know, for some reason, bad it's good stuff. For some reason, when you said The Librarian, my first month, and I was like, is he talking about this movie? It's not. I was, for some reason, and... This is a fever dream kind of memory. Like so little people have seen this movie, and I'm like, what the fuck, Page Master with Macaulay Culkin? Do you know what I'm talking about? Not at fucking all. So there's, I have to briefly describe Page Master because it's the most absurd plot. It's stars Macaulay Culkin, and he gets stuck in this library, and then he has three book friends, and one of them is, <laughs> it's the only one I remember, and one of them's a fantasy book. And it's voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, my God. And it's a fever dream of a movie, and I highly recommend And it does exist. Also, a movie that does exist is called Cats Don't Dance. It exists. And it used to air on Cartoon Network all the time. And none of my friends have seen it. And it pisses me off. I, I feel like I know what you're talking about. I've heard the name. And I've seen all those dumb, fucking obscure Cartoon Network movies. Except you haven't seen all of the other reindeer. Which makes me mad. I mean, it makes me mad every time I bring up Cats Don't Dance because I love that film. I used to love it growing up. Um, no, I looked I looked up all the other reindeer. Oh, you're looking up a Cats Don't Dance. <laughs> I was like, Darla Dimple's the main villain. And she's like a Judy Garland-like character. And I don't remember seeing this movie. It's so much fun. We have to watch it sometime. Um, Scott Bakula's in this. Yes, yeah, Scott Bakula's in it. <laughs> um, Scott so Bakula, now, also in Chuck. Yes, I guess. I've never seen Chuck. All right, so back to this. So the, he's at this KKK thing, and he they think... He, I guess at this KKK thing, he's 
getting lynched. He's getting lynched. Um, just, you know, in typical KKK meeting. Yeah, they're, like, calling him the N-word and stuff. Right. There's a cross burning in the background. Right. Um, and he pushes one of the guys over, gets let on fire. Uh, then he runs away. John Larroquette does not do much in this scene. Snubbed. No. <laughs> Snubbed. Um, he should have been in more. And, hey, maybe he was. We don't know. Sadly. Um, again, um, so he jumps in the river and then it transitions to his... Oh, my God. That's John Larroquette. You didn't know what John Larroquette looked like? Oh, wow. He's in a lot oh, of stuff. Oh, he, does the, he did the opening narration for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I did not know that. The original? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I love that guy. What a sweet guy. Um, he does look like a very sweet man. Sweet man. I've ne- Yeah, I've never seen him young. So he's the guy wearing the black vest? Yes. Huh. Who'd have thunk? Me. You did. <laughs> I can't believe you caught his face. He's barely in it. <laughs> I, we, I saw his face and I was like, I know who that is. Um, anyway, so he runs away. He dives in a river and now he's in um, Vietnam. Yep. Um, um, which is um, weird because he was talking about being in Korea. Yeah, he said and he fought maybe in Korea. At one point but I think in fighting Korea. in the Korean War is a less recognizable locale to the audience of this movie. Right. Um, so... Uh, he's in Vietnam, and uh, some Viet Cong pass him, him, a big old snake passes him, and I was like, oh. I thought at first it was a baby crocodile. Did you think that too? Like no. at first when it's shown, it looks like you don't really see much. When it first showed its uh, the snake's face, I was like, oh, that snake's not venomous. <laughs> right. I, I thought it was a baby crocodile. I know a bit about snakes. You know about a bit snake. You know, I'm a snake boy. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it was a it was a constrictor. It was right. an anaconda. Right, but it still could kill him technically. Because don't they like? Yeah, no, right. it can still kill you. All right, 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 right. Um, are they water snakes? Um, mm, since you know a bit about yes. snakes, got it. I didn't know they were water snakes. Um. He just looked. He just looked like he was having a little trouble uh, swimming. Swimming. <laughs> well, he's just big. Right. He's a big boy. Yeah. He's just large. Um. Yeah. It depends on the it depends on the snake. Some snakes cannot, are not very mobile in water. Right. Um. So a lot of pythons are just because of their climate. Got it. So yeah, he like sees the Americans and he's like, hey, hey, and obviously and. Uh, they shoot at him. <laughs> yeah. And then he they he they shoot him so hard it sends him back to Well no no, they throw a grenade at him. Oh yes. They they throw a grenade at him and the grenade explosion launches him back into Nazi Germany. Again, I feel like he was supposed to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um But he's back in Nazi Germany. Yeah, he's back in Nazi Germany and he's like, fuck. And he he's he's in, in front of the um what is he in front of? He's in front of a building, and I I could not tell you what the building is. It's probably in Berlin. Uh, there's a banner on it that's like, uh, "Deutschland ist uh, Deutschland siegt uh, an alle Fronten, alles Fronten." I am not sure what "siegt" means, which is very bad of me. Yeah, German major. Um. um so yeah, you probably should get on that. Um. Wins. Wins. 
the wins. They they win on all fronts. Oh, got it. Um, so he's like, fuck, and he starts running, and like they're like, hey, stop, and then they shoot him in the leg. Um, and then they throw him in a like in a truck. You know what? He definitely wasn't supposed to go back to Nazi Germany. You know why? Because when he's running in the KKK scene, he has a limp. Mm-hmm. I just noted that. Anyways, besides the point. Um, so he, you know, he he runs and they finally catch him and they put him in a uh, uh, a car. Uh, a, oh my god, a, a truck. A truck with um, Jewish people and he looks out and he's like, ah, fuck. And then he looks out and he sees his friends at the bar and he's like, guys, help, help, it's me. And they can't hear him. Um, And yeah, that's where, and that's how it ends. And again, kind of short, kind of weird, kind of short, kind of weird and doesn't really have an arc. Yeah. So my opinion of this scene it's like one of those, oh, Mr. Racist, what if it happened to you? Right. And I think the writers of things like this, of they lose the mindset of racist, especially racist who talk about how, like, oh, all these minorities are taking up space. They're, gonna, they're ruining our livelihoods. They already think... That they are being oppressed. And maybe you could say it's like, oh, you don't know real oppression. They just think that that's eventually what's going to happen to them. Right. Um. So these don't work that right. well. Like, I mean, okay. It, it, so it kind of worked in, again, the episode I can't remember the name of. Because, again, his his viewpoint going in so is that... um. All Japanese people are bad, and I'm here to do my job as a military person. Because yep. they're doing his military work, or have you forgotten what you here are here for? And you know, all his other people that he's like he's been assigned to, it's like they've they've seen the front end of war. Like they're just so tired of seeing people dying and everything. And again, they he, this new rookie's here, and when he again he gets transported to if. The Americans were in his position. It's like 1942, and it's not the end of the war. It's the like brand new, and you know he's suggesting like, oh, well, we, you know, suggesting what his colleagues were telling, like, oh, what if we like let him pass? You know, we could always do that. And um, he's like, and he said, and the, the commanding officer says what he said. You know, have you forgotten? They're Americans. They're no good. You know. Uh, and it works there, but not really in the context of this, I feel like. Just just because, again, as you said, they already feel oppressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, and again, we'll never know what really this end, the ending was. I don't think the ending could have saved it. Probably not. Yeah, I, I mean, for this, I just don't really have much to say beyond it doesn't do a great job of what it, it's like antebellum of it it just doesn't do a great job of what it's trying, trying to, to do. do right all right so the next segment is kick the can based on the episode kick the can 
Uh, yes. So and this is the like not scary one. This is the. This one's a fun. It's a fun little episode. It's fun, and, and actually now it's my favorite segment because it just has. It's just cutesy. It's I got, mean, it's got Dick Halloran in it. Yeah, Dick Halloran from the original Shining. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, I know his name. Something Crothers. Um, Scatman. Scatman Crothers. Yeah, yeah. It's Scatman Crothers okay. is the name. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 this is the one other than uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet that pretty much follows verbatim the original episode. There are some minor changes, uh, especially that. So, um, Mr. Crowley, I think is his name. Mr. It's something C. Conroy. Conroy. Mr. Conroy. Um, Mr. Conroy is kind of what, uh, Scott Mann Crothers character was in the original. Like, even though he is like, he never gets his, like, seems to visit with his family. He sees eventually two, uh, some kids playing kick the can. He's like, oh, remember the good old days and like how we used to do that. Mm. Uh, to his friend, who basically he takes the role of now, of like, oh, we're old, like, um, you know, we should stay old. That's like, we're just here to do old people stuff. Um, yes. And then uh, Scott Man Crothers' character is like, how about we play, you know, let's play for once. Like, let's play kick the can. Like, all right, let's do it at midnight or whenever, the evening. Um, so they go out and they play kick the can and they become children again. Um, and for some reason, um, most of them are, most of them are pretty young. Mr. Aji is like 16 years old. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, for some reason, like he gets to be older than all. It's like, we get to have sex. Wink. That was my least favorite line. It was so bad. Um, is this the one Joe Dante directed? No, Joe Dante directed the one. This was Steven Spielberg. Yes. Um, Steven, why did you keep that line in? Good good question um <laughs> steven this was when you were still making good things this is why i'm yeah. confused um this was this is when you were making indiana jones you were on top of the world bud <laughs> um so why did you include the line where the 16 year old says we can have sex yeah that's some stephen king type shit right there hey and steven spielberg wasn't even on cocaine I, that's true at Probably. least maybe as far as we know as far as we know steven spielberg is a clean clean boy um um so so yeah uh, scott man crothers character is like he like some of the children come up to him and they're like why aren't you young like why don't you get to do this and he's like well i didn't wish for this i i accept my age but keep in have a young mind yeah I think he said that he hadn't even tried it before. To, right. or it, it's not what applied. I've wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I can be my age and still have, you know, this young outlook on life. Yeah, it's just, a, it, this is just a really fun little segment where it's like old people are accepting that, yes, they are old, but they still have time and they can still treat it. Like, and it ends greatly. Yeah. It's very cutesy, and I I like the ending of this one way more than I the original episode. So it's built up through the whole episode, and then finally they play kick of the hand, and then the, the old miserly one of them is like, "Take me with you," mm-hmm. and like they leave him behind, and he never gets to be young, and it and, and it's kind of sad, low key. <laughs> but but he takes the mindset. Yeah, he gets he, the mindset. He's really and, happy, and he's playing kick the can, like pra- practicing kick the can. And it's all cute and stuff, and. 
it's implied that Scott Man Crothers' character does this often. And yeah, yeah. He's kind of this deity or something. It, it, he immediately goes to another... Well, we'll get to that. He immediately goes to another, uh, like, retirement home. Right. It's like, well, I'm here to make people cool. And there's one character, it's interesting to know, that stays young. He It's... um. Mr. Mr. G. Yeah, he um, he 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 decides mm-hmm. he decides to stay young and goes out the window and, and goes to have sex. I guess that's what no, he's... You, you can still do it if you're. Well, that's old. what what's interesting is the episode starts off with they're at this like old people seminar. He, he's hitting on Miss Dempsey yeah, hard. Hard. Um. Uh. So yeah, he stays young and again he goes to. Um, Scott Man Crothers' character goes to another one and it's like, all right, you do this all over again. Bullet point one. <laughs> this segment plays hard into the magical Negro trope. Yes. Uh, and it's... <laughs> I think Dick Halloran plays the character great, but it's... What? <laughs> Why... Why couldn't have Dick Halloran been one of the other characters? What? Why does he have to be the whimsical old black man who comes in and turns him into kids? Right. Um. I really don't. I think other than Shining and this, this was his only two films. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I love him as Dick Halloran. Um. Yeah. I I I, I agree with you on this. What? Like, why can't he play? Uh, it's just like the mm. um i mean he plays it well though he's a yeah. charming fucking man <laughs> at the end of the day um and he has fun with the role he has, and he, yeah he does look like he's having fun here he's smiling a lot i love that smile it melts my heart i'm like oh scott man <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like there's a wider discussion in the world of storytelling and film about Right. Why do people do the magical Negro trope so much? Right. Um, I I don't know the trope's history that much, and I can't really speak to it. Same. Um, I feel like Spike Lee has talked about it uh, I, at has. length. Yeah, I think he has. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember reading something about that. Yeah, it's it's a fun little segment. It's a lot like, um. Gives me hook vibes. Right. Because, you know. Right. It's that, you know, reliving childhood and realizing you don't have to always be, you know, you know, keep in mind that, like, you can always have fun. <laughs> yeah. Especially in later in life. Um, I was also about to say, and I was, I'm completely wrong, Steven Spielberg did not direct Hook. He did. Did he? I was th- I right? I think you're right. I think Hook. Yeah, Hook. Hook did. Yeah. 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 It's a Steven Spielberg film. I was um, gonna say. Yeah. Oh, and Kathleen Kennedy. That's right. Yeah. When yeah. she did good movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. And Kathleen Kennedy. Although Hook was not well received upon initial release. But it is the best movie of all time. <laughs> we'll die on that. <laughs> die on that hill. Oh yes. All right. Okay. Uh. Do you have anything else to say about this segment? Not really. These first two segments, Loki, are kind of slow. Yeah. I, I do like this one a lot, but it's definitely slow. 
Um, so then we get to the segment, It's a Good Life, based on it's a good the life. episode, It's a Good Life, and they're pretty, pretty damn similar. Uh, y- y- yes, and <laughs> I'll get to how this one, I think, diminishes the original goal of the, f- the episode it is based on. But this one's directed by Joe Dante. Yes. Um, director of Gremlins, Gremlins. and Gremlins 2. Uh, Mr. Futterman, and speaking me, of Gremlins. Gremlins, Mr. Futterman is in it. I don't think he's supposed to be playing Mr. Futterman. Unless he is. Maybe his wife that's calling is Mrs. Futterman. Murray! Murray, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you hitting, hitting on women at the bar again? He's like, well, yes, dear. Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah, there's Gremlins in the arcade uh, machine. There's <laughs> Gremlins in the arcade machine and the television. Um... So yeah, I can I can summarize this one. I think. Okay, I feel like I feel like you always take the brunt of the work, I'll, and I'll, I, I'll, I I don't want to. No, you I, you have this one. I don't want to burden you. Um. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, maybe we, there uh, is a reason why we I open do. <laughs> with this narration following uh our main character Helen, who is not the main character of the original. But yeah, her name is different. Um. Well, the main character is the boy. Yes. In the original. But I, there's still a woman in the original. I mean, other than like the supporting, yeah. like mom and stuff. Not really. Her name is actually taken from a different Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episode. Fun fact. Um. Yes, but she's like a school teacher. She. Uh, she's giving me like, Psycho, like um. Marion Crane. Yeah, she's giving. I don't know why I forgot Marion's name. Uh, like Marion running. Uh, while she's running in Psycho. That's kind of the energy I was getting off of her. Well, I thought I was going to have a fun little reference to the episode, um, The the Hitchhiker. You know, we watched that. Yeah, I was, I was also getting that. Right. Um, that's another great Twilight Zone episode, mm-hmm. uh, The Hitchhiker. Um, anyway, continue. So she's uh, eating at this diner. Um, Mr. Futterman's, like, trying to fucking smooth talk her. Nice town. Uh, yes, that's a nice town you're from. And then he gets a call from his, oh, I got to go talk to the wife, eh? uh, you know, the old ball and chain. Mrs. Futterman, you know. <laughs> um, and this little kid is playing uh, Tempest, the arcade cabinet Tempest. Uh, and he's like, it's not working, mister. And he's like, keep putting quarters in there. <laughs> Give me more money. <laughs> I love Mr. Futterman's character. I, man, what is his name? Mr. Futterman. It's Mr. Futterman. Anything that man is in other than Gremlins, I just assume he is playing Mr. Futterman. <laughs> it's more fun that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. These guys are trying to watch a boxing match on the TV, uh, and the kid keeps hitting the arcade machine, and the TV's glitching out because of that, I guess. It doesn't make a lot of I, sense. I, I suppose. So, this guy who's got to be like 6'6", six, six. he walks over, <laughs> he fucking shoves the kid to the ground. It's What happens to this kid in this segment is pretty damn funny. Um, like, he gets shoved to the ground, and Helen's like, hey, stop that. Yo, quit it. Uh, and then she leaves. It's like, man, it's a really nice town you got here to Mr. Futterman. She's about to pay for a sandwich. He's like, ah, no, 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 it's, no, it's no, on the no. house. Uh, gremlins, they'll eat the money. <laughs> uh, so she leaves. Uh, and she gets in her car. And she backs up. <laughs> and she just uh, fucking. She 
just hits the kids. Him. It's so don't uh, maybe rails is. The oh, best sorry, word. sorry, God. Um, um, yeah, and just we, slams and we it at a kid. We yeah, laughed. we we definitely laughed because it's pretty funny. Okay, so I went it. Okay, I read it into it as he intentionally did that. Yeah, like he was trying to get her attention. Right. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, still funny. It's still fucking still, hilarious. Still really, really funny. And she, he's just like, gee whiz, missus. Like, his body definitely hits the car. <laughs> it does. It definitely hits it. Um, so, yeah, so she's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll take you. I'll take you home. She doesn't sound like the voice I'm just doing. She, she's got, like, solid yeah, mid-Atlantic you're accent. People, you're leading people on. When they watch this episode, they'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, so she she takes him home, and her car is full of shit. Yeah, because she's moving. She's, she's moving to another town. Um, and they get to his house. There's like four cars outside, and she's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of them is like has a squirrel on it. I don't know what's one up of with the, this. Squirrel. One of them is in maintenance. Right. Um, she goes inside, and <laughs> the the kids first stop talking about like how his family hates him. They're like, they they don't like me at all. They don't even. Uh, remember my birth it's my birthday today they don't even remember um and yeah the uncle uncle what's his name uncle walt uh, uncle walt is played by the original main character of invasion of the body snatchers mm-hmm. 1950s i was like oh yeah you're in this movie <laughs> so yeah we we meet uh anthony his name's anthony yeah uh we meet his family uh and they're all like fucking so weird they're like oh Oh, it's so so nice to meet you. So nice to meet whoever. We love Anthony so much. We love Anthony. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, we got into a little accident." And they're like, "Accident?" It's like, "Yeah." Um, and they're I, all I, like, Uh-oh. "I hit him with my car." And they're and all like, like, "Oh my god." <laughs> well, they're all they all feel like they're out of like it should be noted, and it's like in the nineteen fifties like sitcom. They're all like, "Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah." But it's 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 very unsettling. And this used to be my favorite segment growing up. Um, and it's, and it's not only for its ending. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Um, um, but yeah, Anthony shows, shows her around the house. Yeah. Right. Um, we see his sister who is watching television. No mouth. And has no mouth anymore. Uh, whenever, whenever Helen leaves her purse, the oh, family yeah. just starts rifling through it. They're like finding pictures, <laughs> and, and, they're smoking cigarettes. And the female... Who I don't know her character's name, but it's the voice of Bart Simpson. <laughs> oh yeah, S- Ethel, his yeah. sister Eth- Ethel. Cecil, sister in quotes Ethel. Um, and I was like, you know who that is, and you can kind of hear it sometimes when she talks. I'm like, that's Bart Simpson, <laughs> Bart, the voice of Bart Simpson. Hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, I love the design of the house. Because it yeah, doesn't make sense. I w- if there's one thing I really like about this movie, it's the design of all the fantastical elements. Right. It, it's really good. Um, which is something to talk about because Loki, Twilight Zone had a very limited budget. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes the effect sucks. Could, could be very bad. It could be very bad. Um, so Helen's like, well, I got to go. And he's like, no, come on. Yeah, stay for dinner. Stay, stay for dinner. Um, so she does. And they, they have it, their dinner consists of potato chips. 
a peanut butter burger. A peanut butter burger. Like a candy apple. I think it's like a parfait. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like it reminded me of those like yeah, like the ice cream parfaits you mm-hmm. could get as a kid that had like the disgustingly oversweet yeah. <laughs> strawberry uh fillings they're they're just eating this shit um <laughs> helen's like how do you eat yeah, this? she's like do you eat this every night and uh, mom's like yeah it's anthony eats whatever he wants every night and she's like you need protein yeah you need uh nutrients and anthony's like yeah Oh yeah, I guess I do. And they agree with him. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know. you never told me that. He's getting on. He's getting on their asses. And 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 then on, on the cartoon, it's like the cartoon's playing. It's like, oh, it mentions birthday, and she's like, oh, is it like a special birthday dinner? And Ethel very gently goes, another birthday, more gifts, more and like. <laughs> and he he knocks over her food. And he's like, I didn't do that. Very kid like. It was the most kid like thing <laughs> he ever really does. Funny. I didn't do it. Um, and Helen's like, obvious. Helen at this point is like, I need to go. Yeah, she's like, this is weird. Yeah, I should leave. Right. And she gets up, and he's like, everything's okay. Everything's fine. Uncle Walt's gonna do his hat trick. And Uncle Walt's like, oh. Yeah, I guess I will. Where's the hat? Um, and Uncle Walt gives a great performance. Well, well, this is the point I want to point out. This is the point where Helen's like, oh, because Anthony's like, it's on the TV. And then there's a hat there. And Helen's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> She's like, oh, this kid has powers. Fuck. Um, yeah, so Uncle Walt pulls a rabbit out of a hat. And 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 geez, he's like, do it again, do it again. And Helen's like, I gotta go. And they're like, no, stay, stay. And it's like climbing. And then. This fucking monster mm-hmm. rabbit pops out. Right. And I'm wondering if this was like made in between Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Because um, with Gremlins 2, the only way Joe Dante got agreed uh, agreed to do it is the studio literally was like, you can do anything. Just please make another Gremlins because it did well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and because again, this feels very cartoony, obviously like the house is supposed to feel very cartoony cause he only watches cartoons yeah, obsessed with them. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the rabbit comes out and it, it, I mean, it's a fact, but it's fun. I like it. Yeah. I, I like the design of the rabbit. Yeah. It's, it's very monstrous. Again, you can kind of tell it's fake. Um, but again, it's still fun and Finally, um, she she's like, I need to go. And Anthony yeah. grabs his purse, her purse, and is like, No, stay! And pulls out a comic, and it says, Anthony is a monster. Help us on it. Mm-hmm. He's like, Which one of you wrote this? And then the family rats out Ethel. They're like, Is that is Ethel? Is Ethel? And that's the moment I like it. It, it clicked because I was I kept watching the thing. I'm like, I know who this actress is. Mm-hmm. I know who it is. And then like she said something. It sounded very Bart-like, like she like went up on the end of a sentence. I was like, she's the voice of Bart Simpson. <laughs> um, Anthony puts Ethel in the TV. She put he puts her TV in Cartoon land. World. Cartoon. Very, very big, um, like Mike TV. Right. Uh, and she, I think that's an actual cartoon and they just form-fitted Ethel around it. 
because I definitely have seen like that design for the monster before in something that wasn't this. It could have been. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, but yes, Ethel gets fucking chomped on. Yup. Dies. Uh. <laughs> so Helen's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And he's like, "I can do anything I want. I, anything I anything I wish for. And I there's can make some happen. good lighting with like, mm-hmm. especially when like she's trying to run away, like with like like making his shadow like the shadows of his eyes like look demented, <laughs> like." fucking insane he makes like a monster come out of the tv uh yeah and, and blows steam at people blows steam. that part it, it was weird to me i didn't understand why it was happening yeah i don't either <laughs> i wish i could have an explanation but it looked cool it looked fine it was a cool monster and finally like uh she's like please like make it go away <laughs> it's like okay fine. then he makes everything go away it's like i hate this house i hate everything and then we get this weird <laughs> like there's like echoing um and <laughs> um and and he's like and helen's like you know what i want to help you i want to be your student and your teacher I'm not scared of you, even though all signs pointed to before this that she was scared shitless of this kid. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're gonna die, <laughs> right? Um, and yet yeah, ends weirdly happily with Helen and Anthony going off to face the world. And Anthony makes some flowers grow. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> And it, it and you know it it adds problems to the whole episode. Like why? So the ori- the original episode that this is based on is again it's called It's a Good Life, and it's about basically the same thing. But it's like way cooler because like no one wants to test this kid. Like they're all under his fear. The whole town is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing. It's like why doesn't he use the power on this jerk guy who throws him over? Because originally I was thinking, like, oh, like, this is in, like, this version, can his powers only manifest um, in in uh, in his house? But it's apparently apparent not. Um, and, you know, it's also, like, the original one, like, it it's clear that this kid is, like, a sociopath. Like, the original version, like, like. He has the whole town under his belt. They can't watch TV. He's made all the cars shut off. Like, they have no way of getting to the outside world. And the only way that, like, the only time they can watch television is, like, an hour out of the day that Anthony allows them to. Um, and, um, and it's, like, this v- grotesquely violent stuff that he makes them watch. And, like, finally um one day it's like it's someone else's birthday it's like one of the townspeople's birthdays and um he like he gets uh uh some alcohol to drink but he's not allowed to drink alcohol in the episode and um so 
but he, he, you know, later that night he drinks it and he comes back to Anthony. He's like, you, you can't do this. Like, this is inhumane. Um, and like, no one does this to him because in the original episode, he wishes them to this place called the, um, cornfield, I think is what it's called. Like, uh, yeah, the cornfield mm. and no one knows where it is. And it's like scary place. And Anthony's getting visibly pissed in the original episode and he turns him into a Jack in the box and they're all like, what the fuck? And they're all like, please wish him away. Please wish him away. And they wish him away. He wishes them away. And it, it doesn't end happily. Like they, they, they're still in this town of fear and like, it's going to be like this until like he dies. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it just, we, and weirdly ends happily. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, um, cause you know, I think the original point was to show like this creepy situation of like, Oh, we always think children are innocent. You but know? is that just because, they are like uh, kids. <laughs> kids are basically sociopaths. Yeah, they haven't learned empathy yet. Right. Um. So what happens if one of them has infinite power? Godlike powers. It would be fucking scary. Terrifying. Um. So it's weird that they kind of have this sympathetic look towards the end of Helen being like, "I'll teach you, and you can teach me." And we can use the powers for good, Anthony. Yeah. It, yeah. It just... <laughs> it's it's weird. The, I mean, this story, though, like, has been adapted into so much stuff. Like, I, I <laughs> when it uh, was, when we were first watching this, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, this is a lot like uh, two episodes in Justice League, the animated series. Which I've never seen. I'm a really good. I'm a I'm um, a Batman animated series fellow. If myself. you've seen it, I'm sure you know the episodes. They're very good episodes. Um, it, there's like an episode of Supernatural that's kind of based off of yeah. this. Um, I do know that one because mm-hmm. I used to be a huge Supernatural fan, and then it ran for 15 fucking seasons. And they did a Scooby Doo episode. And they did a Wizards of Oz episode. Hey, remember when Supernatural made it canon that Oz existed? Because I yeah. remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's stop talking about Supernatural. Um, Are you least, sure? At least they never did a movie. I'm surprised they didn't. Me too. Yeah, that's shocking. But yeah, they did do a crossover with Scooby fucking do. The episode's not that bad, actually. I've seen it. I refuse. I refuse. I, the minute I stopped watching Supernatural was the moment they introduced Oz. And I was like, why am I watching this still? <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. Hey, just watch. You can look it up. You can originally find where the show was supposed to end. If you just watch to that point, it's like season five. I, I think. think, yeah, I think it's season four or five. I think it's five though. I think you might be right. Mm-hmm. Hey, just watch those. It's a good show. Um, so yeah, this fucking segment, what is it? What does it mean? What it mean? Again, the original, I think point of the episode, the original point of the original episode was, Hey, kids are psychopaths. 
what if the, what if, what if, what if one of them had godlike powers? It would be scary. And it wouldn't end up well, and this town would live in fear until this kid died. Yeah, I guess this this is one of those Twilight Zone episodes that I categorize under, hey, would it be fucked up if, or what? <laughs> right. And and not to say those episodes aren't bad. I think there's some good episodes that come mm-hmm. from, hey, what if this happened? Wouldn't it be fucked? It's just, are those the best ones to choose for your movie? Movie. And I'm going to get to why I don't think this movie succeeds and why a lot of Twilight Zone, like, you know, there's a bunch of new Twilight Zones. Now, there's the ongoing one right now with mm-hmm. um, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. And, you know, it's not doing critically well. Uh, I mean, it's getting some good reviews, but, you know, it's very mixed. And I think I know why. And I'll get to that once we're done with the talk about this movie, though. Uh, last segment, directed by George Miller. Yes. Um, Who directed? I'm blanking. I'll wait. I even told you what he directed. You did tell me earlier because I forgot earlier. Mad. Oh, yeah. He directed Mad Max Fury Road. He's directed horror, too. Well, he directed Mad Max. Right. I think he has. Yeah. Look up George Miller horror movies. Um, So this is the adaptation of Nightmare at... um, 20,000? Yeah, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. I was like, <laughs> I know it's Nightmare at something feet. He directed Happy Feet. Yeah, I did know that. What a good movie. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I could not agree with you. I don't know if he's directed horror. Really? Uh, The Witches of Eastwick. Which uh, isn't really horror. Yeah. <laughs> That's more of fantastical realism. He directed Pabe. Yeah, he directed Babe and Babe, Pig in the City. What is George Miller's career? Good, good question. Um, Interesting. Who knows? Yeah, I mean... Very... I mean, I guess he's doing successful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. This is a fun little segment. Um, but Nightmare at 20,000 Feet has never been my, like low-key favorite twilight zone episode i think it's fun to watch it's fun to watch but like it's overstated how how amazing episode twilight at twenty thousand feet is um yeah this one's this one is good at making you anxious like this is this isn't horror that goes to make you go oh fuck this is horror is that it's making you feel anxious um, it's doing terror, not terror. Uh, there's like these weird distinctions between like fear horror right. and terror. Probably fear. I think fear is. Yeah, I'd say fear is probably the best word for this one. Um, I wish it, I, I get why. So like the setup to this one is more of, this is a rational man. Mm-hmm. Like he, he does computer, like he makes. Yeah, he wrote a computer science textbook. textbook. Right. So this man is logical and some and is faced with this illogical thing of there is something on the wing of a plane. Um, and the original setup for the episode was he he uh, Captain Kirk's character um, William Shatner William Shatner um, he 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 had a psychological break and he's on his way back from 
getting well. Mm-hmm. He finally got well. And uh, I mean, we learned throughout the episode that his original break was also on a plane. Mm. Um, so I kind of low-key like that setup more because it leaves more mystery of like what happened on that first flight and yeah. is it very similar to what's going on now. This one loses that. And, and it's weird that they take the moment to establish that he's like a i mean well educated and sort of well respected because i think him being someone who has suffered mental health issues before makes it more sort of exhilarating more scary right and also we never even though like the episode does end with like affirming that there was probably a gremlin on the end uh, on Mm -hmm. the plane in the original episode we never get that moment of like the people finding it. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike in this episode where literally after he gets hauled off and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, like definitely not lightning. <laughs> um, uh, I would say the original episode does have, here's the thing for an hour and 40 minute movie. A lot of these segments feel rushed. Yeah. There's not a lot of good buildup, I feel like. Well, Also, I hate the music. I wanted to get to that eventually. And maybe it's because Bernard Herrmann is just such a good (laughs) composer that listening to this, I was like, maybe you should just like pulled from some of Bernard Herrmann's work from the original show and just use that. Um, Because honestly, I would have been so down for that because I fucking love Bernard Herrmann. I mean, we talked about it in the Psycho episode. Yeah. It's fucking great. Um, and I feel like it used music a little too much. Like, when building tension, it used, like... Especially in this last segment. Oh, yeah. I fucking hated the music in this. Like, like when he's, like, about to, like... And it's a great scene. And I feel like it would have worked so well without the music. But, like, he's he's about to fall asleep. He's, like, finally trying to go to sleep. And he has, like, both windows closed. And then there's, like, this... Damn it. And it like opens the window and the gremlin's right there. Love the design for the gremlin. Mm-hmm. The gremlin looks slimy and grody and fucking awful compared to the the original, which <laughs> looks like a moss man. It's like a it's like a gorilla suit. Right. And he's like, uh. he has like a uh, face. Uh. <laughs> oh, also, you made the great comment, and I didn't even think of it. It's like, damn it, they should have put Futterman in this one. Yeah, traveling on the plane. <laughs> I was like, God damn it! Um, but it's John Lithgow. Yes, and he does pretty great, good. Great actor. He does. He does what he's. He does does what he's paid to do. Right, and and that's look anxious and act like a crazy man, <laughs> and he does that well. Um. Yeah. So like, he kind of just goes through the plane ride, and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, and, and, you know, there's the setup of the FBI agent mm-hmm. having the gun. I think in the original episode, he's supposed to be, um, oh, what are they called? Air Marshal. An Air Marshal. And honestly, that, that scene in the original was a lot better because he, he sees it and he's like, sees it and, and he has to get it, but he's just, like, the guy's asleep. So he's like trying to get any, like drops like a pack of cigarettes and it's like going down to get it and it has to like. It's very tense. Mm-hmm. And you know what it doesn't use? Music. 
you're just kind of watching him do this. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of the music in this I just felt was obnoxious. This and It's a Good Life, I noticed the music was very obnoxious in there, and I was like, just get away. The The climax of this segment is very different from the episode, because in the episode, I don't... Mm-hmm, he does. Yeah, he, he does. He breaks up in the window? Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't remember that. Um. Well, actually, no. He's by the emergency latch, oh, yeah. and he opens the emergency latch and flies out and... Honestly, this <laughs> it's always I think the realization of, yeah, you're in an aircraft that's going like thousands of miles per hour. Like he goes out the window, he's like, what? And he like slams the gun and he has to like truly like he, mm-hmm. William Shatner acted it a lot better. Sorry, John Lithgow. I love you, buddy. You're a great actor. But he acted like the struggle of like getting the gun mm-hmm. to like go to the creature like really well. Um yeah, um, after he shoots the creature in this one, it just, like, fucking goes it's up like to him. like, you're a fucking idiot. And, it, and eats it. And he fucking eats the gun. <laughs> and he puts, it, puts his claw on his face. And, and he's like, eh, he wags eh, his eh. finger. That's so, that was really funny. <laughs> flies off. I think the the effects when it was flying off were not great. It just, like, he just, like, put his legs up and he went, whoosh. <laughs> Um, yeah, they land the plane successfully somehow. God, I don't know how that flight didn't go down into a fire. <laughs> the gremlin. The first time you see the gremlin, he's like on the engine and he's getting struck by lightning and he's like thrusting the air. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 interesting. Um, and then yeah, he gets carted off, and then they again, like we said before, they find the shrapnel and everything. He's to shit and he, he he's they're like he then it cuts to John Lithgow on the on the thing and he's like ah enough of the sirens the ambulance and you're like oh my god it's Dan Aykroyd and again Dan Aykroyd's there and he like calls back to the prologue he's he, like you want to see something really scary? scary and then we get um Rod Serling's original narration mm-hmm. um that's always started every episode of the Twilight Zone, and that's the movie. And wow, I don't like it anymore. I I won't rewatch it. I'm not gonna rewatch it. Um, I think it was enjoyable. It had fun moments. It, it kick the can was fun. I did not like the first one, obviously, sadly, because it was felt horribly unfinished. I think if there were four episodes of the Twilight Zone to pick. And one of them is technically not an episode. Could there have been better choices? 100% yes. Because, like... Well, Nightmare Nightmare could have been really good. Alright, anyways. um, Here's what I don't think a lot of Twilight Zone revivals in this movie doesn't get especially. And it... And I, it dawned on me as I was like, so I watched the episodes before um, watching this one that the, the segments are based on. Um, and I was watching, I was like, I get it. And it's because most Twilight Zone episodes were cost effective. They really took place only in one spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that usually, that was the norm. Like, 
there are very few Twilight Zone episodes that don't take that take place in multiple uh, places. Yep. And the ones that usually do are kind of the lower brow. Because the Twilight Zone was good at like simple but effective. And you just don't get that with this movie or any of the revivals because they're like, well, we have a budget now. We can do more. And it's like, but you don't need more. Mm-hmm. You 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 just need a black and white. And also, I wish this movie were in black and white. I wish all the revivals were in black and white. Because it just I feel like there's the feeling of like, what's behind that dark shadow? You really can't see because it's in fucking yeah. black and white. <laughs> um, although they don't play that much with this, really. Right. Again, and also, you know, again, I do have to say there are some stinkers in the Twilight Zone. Like, I'm not saying it's the best television of all time. But sometimes when, but when the Twilight Zone was good, it was really good. Mm-hmm. My my biggest thing is that three of these, frankly, just aren't that scary. Well, one of them is not scary at all. Right. And it wasn't supposed to be. No. Which, which is weird. I'm, like, yeah, It's really weird. Why did you it. put the whimsical, like, you know. It's not to say it's bad, but it's just. Right. It's like, it's like, why? When people think Twilight Zone. Scary. Yes. They're thinking scary. They're thinking social commentary. Right. Which is another thing for me. The first one does not do a lot of social commentary for me. The third one does not do a lot of social commentary for me. The fourth one, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, isn't very... It's not doing that, but I still think it's... You can do it good. You can still have that fear. You can have the horror. Um, There are better episodes of The Twilight Zone to pick. Right. And I get the the immediacy to do nightmare at 20,000 feet because it is kind of one of the most well known but why not do monsters do on maple street that's an episode that i would love to see redone especially in the climate of reaganism Mm -hmm. are you kidding me (laughs) um you know uh, what are you doing (laughs) i'm just uh sticking my fingers out right (laughs) um I think a a good one to do, especially if they sort of adjust the story, would have been like um, Eye of the Beholder. Yes. Eye of the Beholder is a perfect allegory, and and it's not really originally played as an allegory for disabled people, but the subtext is 100% there, and the coding is there. I think you can adjust it to make it more explicit. I think I think it works great as that, and I think it would have done great in this movie, especially because if anything that su- episode suffers from, it's not great effects. But they're oh, still yeah. pretty good. They're still they're pretty still good. Pretty good. Um, the pig people are fine. Um, the, you know, they all look the same, which is the point. They're all supposed to look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, and I think that would have been really great. Also, you could have done some great lighting, all that. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, this this movie falls flat again, like I said, in a lot of the ways. Again, I think the revivals do. Again, we have a big budget. Let's fucking use it. But you need to use that budget in an effective way. Mm-hmm. Like, 
were they trying to make a Twilight Zone movie? Or were they using the Twilight Zone to try to make a movie that would make money? I'm going to say the second one. I'm going to say both. I'm going to say that maybe they originally thought out, like, oh, the Twilight Zone, we own that property. Yeah. The movie rights. Let's make an effective one. And then I was like, oh, but what if we hire a bunch of well-known directors? Yeah. And then it from there, it just became more of the money aspect of it. Like, this movie is going to make a bunch of money because we have, first off, big-name directors. We have some big-name actors, some, some of them working on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know... I don't blame the directors for, like... The episode choice, because I'm sure they had no say in that. Right. But, although I'm sure Steven Spielberg saw I'm, Kick I'm, the Can, and he was like, I'm directing Kick the Can. Because I know how to do family things and whimsical well. I mean, he does. But, I don't know. It, it's just like, th- there's better choices. And I honestly don't even think these four choices were the best for making money. Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, yeah, I mean, that's a good one to make right. money. But, like, the other ones... Again, especially with, like, the Death's Head Revisited plus, again, that episode, no one really knows those two episodes well enough, I think, to do it. Kick the Can is kind of a well-known episode. Um, It's a good life, kind of well-known. But, you know, when I think of, uh, you know, Twilight Zone, I think Monsters Do on Maple Street. I think of Eye of the Beholder. I think of Nightmare on 20,000 Feet. I think of... um, the hitchhiker the hitchhiker i think of a lot of people get on this one i think it's fun um five strangers in search of an exit yes yes Yes. which that one isn't too scary that would have been great to replace uh kick the can Mm. you know it it you know (laughs) the intensity is on in that one and everyone hates that twist which i like it i think it's fine um Time enough, right? Um, oh my God! Um, why didn't they readapt? Um, oh my God! Um, it's a cookbook. Um, um, the aliens—they're eating people, and it's a cookbook. He's oh, about to go on the plane. Oh, I mean on the. Serve human. Yeah. <laughs> to serve human, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a fucking great one. Like, I, I, yeah. Basically what we're getting at is, would I recommend this film? Uh, If you're a fan of the Twilight Zone and you want to watch some fun, interesting kind of reinterpretations of these classic episodes, I'd say give it a go. Um, is it rewatchable in my opinion? Nope. If you're a horror fan, would I recommend this? No. You're not going to get really anything out of this. It's not very scary at all. It's not very scary. Again. If anything, the only reason to watch this would be creature design. I think all the creatures are really cool. I think um, Dan Aykroyd's creature in the beginning is... I think that's a... I think that's a really cool design. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, the sound work, though, for that part is interesting. Uh, Yeah. Jack wire sounds in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you just, but hey, if you want to watch The Twilight Zone, 
watch that original series. Yeah. Um, I know it's on Netflix, but it's weird, though. They only have, like, the first, second, third, and then the fifth. Um, uh, I think you can watch all of it if you have a Hulu premium subscription. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine they're too hard to find on YouTube, though. I mean, we would never do that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, piracy is a not a victimless crime. It is a cancer right. on art. Um, it it is the worst thing possible. Wink, wink. wink. Um, Walt Disney did not make copyright hard for anyone. Mm-hmm. That's yep. all. <laughs> um. So yeah, again, I can't speak to really any of the revivals. I've seen the the like the early two thousands version of um, Eye of the Beholder. It sucks. It's so bad. Um, and I have not, I've been meaning to, I have been meaning to watch the Jordan Peele one. Again, I've heard pretty mixed reviews of it though. But again, if you want to watch the classic, the original, again, there are some stinkers in there, but that's usually with any anthology TV show, in my opinion, I'm sure Black Mirror has some duds. Uh, oh yeah. If you want to watch a good version of the, a good Twilight Zone revival, Watch Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, Black Mirror is pretty damn good. Right. And it's got the same sort of idea. Right. Um, obviously, technology, though. Um, well, largely technology-focused, but there's plenty that right. aren't. Um, yeah, watch watch Black Mirror. Watch the original Twilight Zone. Maybe watch the Jordan Peele one. Um, yeah. So, next time. Next time... Um, uh so, yeah we so sorry okay next time uh our will be releasing on november the 14th yes we'll have experienced a election ah. by then maybe we'll not be even alive who knows hopefully we are i hope we'll be alive i hope we'll be alive to record this episode um because Def- i because i really want to watch our movie yes it's, uh, a, it's a movie i don't watch i know about though mm-hmm and I've been meaning to watch it, and I'm like, I know I'm going to like it, so that's why I bought it. Um, It is A Color Out of Space, based Nick on the, Cage. Yes, based on the H.P. Lovecraft story, Color um, Out of Space. I believe the original title is A Color Out of Time. No, I think both of them are Color Out of Space. I think so. I could be wrong. Let's you look might, it up. I think you're right, now that we're talking about it. Yeah. Based on... What am I thinking of? There's... Some title with time. Um, obviously, this is one of those H.P. Lovecraft adaptations that's very much like Reanimator. That it just kind of loosely follows the story, really. Um, and hey, I'm all for that. the 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 more loose adaptations, the better of a H.P. Lovecraft works. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I haven't read a Color Out of Space in a while, so I don't remember. Uh, and I wasn't reading it with a critical eye when I read it. I don't remember there's racism or like classism or shit in it. So let's see if they can avoid Lovecraft's big old problems. I think it does. Good. I, I'm excited for that. I, I really like the, I, I was about to say the ideas Lovecraft had the world and sort of, mythos that lovecraft helped start and build 
but obviously the man is a massive racist. Yes. Look up um, the name of his cat. Or don't. <laughs> don't. I, well, do. Do. Do look up the name of his cat and realize that his dad named that cat, but he got another one and named it the same thing. Right. So if that says anything about um, what is his fucking name? Howard. I don't know. Huge racist Lovecraft. Um, HB um, <laughs> more like HR. <laughs> uh, yeah. So also go watch Lovecraft Country. <laughs> I have not watched it. I haven't either, but I've heard good things. So I think go we, watch I it. I think we need to. I think it be uh do should, some justice. Should we should we watch that for the podcast sometime? Um, I think if we watch it, maybe you know what we can add in some segments. You know, like a, a little segment of like. On this episode. Uh, like we have a, and now it's over to small screen horror. Right. And we'll, because I've been meaning to. I've heard so many good things. We could talk about um, Lovecraft Country. We could talk about. Super. <laughs> we can talk about, uh, epi- we, can, we don't even have to talk about horror television. We can talk about episodes of TV that implement horror elements. Don't blink. Right. Would be a great one to talk about, oh I think. I, I was thinking about watching that earlier. Oh, don't blame. We need to sometime soon. That's such a good episode. Okay. Anyways. Yes. So next time we'll be talking about Nicolas Cage's horror film, Color Out of Space, based on the H.P. Lovecraft. Um, this is a recently new movie, so it's kind of hard to find. I'm surprised I found a copy at Half Price Books. <laughs> I literally yes. was so shocked. I was like, came out last year. Yeah, no, I literally saw it and I was like, <gasps> and I grabbed it immediately so no one else could get it, which I don't think anyone in that in that Half Price Books was certainly looking for Color Out of Space, but if they were, eh, eh, yeah, eh. they got fucking duped. I took it. <laughs> um but yeah, so I'm Mason. I'm Daniel. And, and this, this is, is Fright, Fright FM. FM.